What's up, everyone? Welcome to Cone and Kruger. The Niners have won two games in a row, and uh, people are feeling really good. So I have some questions for Larry, my co-host today, about just how good these 49ers are. First one, Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback. He's played pretty well the last few games. Is he playing the best football of his career? He get, He's finally gotten it that you can throw the ball away. You know what I mean? It's amazing. I mean, he sat there and watched Brady do it. He Rodgers does it. Mahomes does it. Uh, Allen occasionally will do it. Sometimes you got to throw the ball away. Jimmy G has been undone. I think he's played pretty good football throughout his career. He's been undone by his mo- biggest negative plays every week. Now he's finding a way to eliminate those negative plays. I saw it last night. He fires the ball into the, you know, he had a ball to D. I think it was Ayuk middle of the field. He was covered, fired it into a soft spot where he could just make the, you know, make it throw it right into the turf. Uh, and go to the next play. So that's, you know, making plays is key. Not making negative plays is almost as important. Sure. Um, that That is a big change for him so far. And there's other changes. I think it's interesting that ESPN is not impressed. Uh, their QBR stat, they have him at 48, which is just slightly below average and the worst of his career. So according to their stat, no. I have no idea. How they calculate that, and it's probably they're they're probably holding those two safeties against him from earlier in the season, big time. I would imagine, yeah. but uh, if they if he can continue to eliminate the turnovers, that's all the Niners really need of him. Also, one more thing that we saw the last few games, the the off schedule throws, the one to McCaffrey for a touchdown against the Rams, and the one to McLeod up the sideline against the Chargers, that was nice. Jimmy hasn't done that in a while, and then just the. All the sideline throws in general in, in this game, the one to Kittle, the one to Jennings, was there more? The one to Ayuk? The one, okay, the one to Ayuk was the one that jumped yeah. out to me. It was the drive, second to last drive. They didn't score on the drive, but he stuck it in there, man. It was Ayuk one-on-one coverage on the perimeter and him and the defender were kind of jockeying for position. And I'll say this about Jimmy Garoppolo. Say what you want. We all see the flaws. No guts, no glory. Can't say he didn't have guts. He's got guts like a cat burglar. I mean, that almost was a pick six. Easily could have been intercepted, and he just stuck it in there. And that, you know, I'm seeing more zip outside the numbers than I remember seeing last year from Jimmy. On the, it, it was like last year he didn't have the same zip. This year he can he can get it out there. Um, I thought that past Ayuk was like, that was an eye-opener to me. I went back and watched it again last night, and I thought, wow, I'm surprised. I'm impressed that he stuck it in there. I'm impressed that he made the throw. But I'm also impressed by the zip in the ball outside the numbers. Um, you know, very nice throw. The throw that he's not supposed to be able to make, right? Well, he, it's a throw he hasn't even attempted much the last few years since coming to the 49ers. He used to stick it when he was with the Patriots. And, like, I don't think he's ever going to become a guy who's going to be hitting passes 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. It's not really his game. But if he could at least incorporate the sideline throws, that would be great, considering you already have to worry about the stuff over the middle in the run game. So it does, it's, I mean, it increases the pos- the potential of this 49ers offense. And it allows you to actually get Ayuk the ball. You know, he wasn't really involved as much last year as he should have been. It's a, It's a good thing. 
yeah, he's got to get his rapport going with Ayuk, and Ayuk's got long arms, strong hands, and you can throw him the 50-50 ball, and he'll, you know, he'll he'll compete for it when he sees it. There's times when he looks non-competitive if he's like late to turn on the ball, um, but. I've seen to me he's Ayuk's been more competitive at the catch point, and I think that makes Jimmy more willing to uh, to to give him shot, give him a chance on those fifty fifty balls. I'm a little hesitant to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing the best of his life. Now he played, uh, he's I feel like he's played four good games in a row. Carolina killed him. Atlanta they lost, but he played pretty well. Last two games he's won. I've seen him play good stretches before in October, November, and even December. I'd like to see him do something in the playoffs before I say he's a different guy. But the last month has been promising. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Well, he okay, let's be honest about this. The Ram game, he got freaking lucky. He threw two pick sixes or two obvious interceptions to Ramsey. Ramsey dropped them both. So, I mean, that that has to be factored That's in. That's why right? I'm – yeah, I'm a little hesitant to just go, you know – Head over heels for the two guy. picks. They, they don't win that game. So right. you know what? I'm not going to say. He, but what I what I do see is I see some growth in that he seems willing and capable of throwing the ball away and going to the next down. And when you have the weaponry that he now possesses, turning the ball over is a major, major problem. It was always a major problem, but when you have this kind of these kinds of weapons, it's a bigger problem. I think he realizes that. He's putting more value in protecting the football. Ivan says, wear the shirts for Lance. Job for QC merch. Man, he got hurt before I had a chance. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Ramon says, uh, Colin Coward basically said we need to let Jimmy Cook. So again, is Jimmy holding Kyle back or vice versa? It's really hard to tell. Um, um well. Well, <laughs> is Jimmy holding Kyle back or vice versa? Is the Niners O line holding both of them back? Because I That's will say possible. this: the, wep- the weapons are legit. Uh, some of the play calls have been questionable. Did they lose some of their run game genius when McDaniel bolted to Miami? Possibly. They seem like they're running into some, you know, more competitive situations. I don't see quite the the same ingenuity with their run game, but um, but ultimately, I think their tackle play has been disappointing. That to me, if you say what's the most disappointing part of the Niners, I wouldn't say it's Jimmy or Kyle. I'd say it's the Niner offensive tackles. Let's talk about that. So, uh, they play on Sunday Night Football. They're presenting themselves in front of the whole world and. Finally, some national pundits see what I've been talking about or some of us have been talking about. Shannon Sharp lost his mind on Mike McGlinchey last night. Wouldn't even say his name. He said 69 is terrible, which is kind of how I feel. Um, and so McGlinchey's been getting a lot of criticism the last 24 hours. Is it unwarranted? Do you think people are t- being too hard on Mike McGlinchey? Well, no. I mean, you know, he's a big boy. You know, I mean, you know, he's he's he kind of brought it on himself a little bit, talking and going into the game about how Derwin. Niner fans want preferred Derwin. Uh, you know, I. You know, Mike McGlinchey was a top 10 pick. You you can question a top 10 pick being used on a right tackle period. But then, you know, he also had struggles with speed rushers and now he's got injuries. So what do you have? You have a a top 10 pick wasted on a right tackle. He's not a left tackle. He's a right tackle exclusively Mm -hmm. who lacks some strength to anchor against bull rushers and lacks some speed to, you know, to neutralize speed rushers. And that's when he's healthy and he's banged up and not healthy. So that's where they're at. I mean, I mean, he's, 
he's per, a pretty marginal player from what I mean. I like him. Nice guy to talk to and everything, but he's pretty marginal. I've always felt that he's kind of marginal, especially in pass protection, but that's always been the case. I think the the worst development with him this year is that he's no longer a good run blocker. In the past, you could they got big plays around the right side with Mostert and Kittle and McGlinchey. But now, I mean, the Niners run left more than any team in the league. When they run right, it seems like there's penetration a lot. I mean, those toss plays to the right, those stretch plays to the right are pretty ineffective. Um, and it's not just his fault, right? Burford's new. Brendel's new. Those three guys together aren't exactly getting it done on the outside zone to the right. But McGlinchey in particular at the point of attack, I really think he's hurting the run game. And that's why you're seeing Mitchell really look more effective than McCaffrey. They're different running backs. Mitchell's more between the tackles, and McCaffrey needs to get to the edge, and you can't get to the right edge, so they're running left, and defenses know it. And now you're sort of lost balance in your run game because of McGlinchey. This is what happened at the end of the Harbaugh years. They were dominant on the ground. They lost Anthony Davis in 2014, replaced him in Jonathan Martin, and they couldn't run right anymore. They won 8-8. Eight and eight. It's a big deal. This D-line that they played last night is one of the worst D-lines in pro football. And they at, at halftime, the Niners were averaging 3.2 yards a carry. So yeah. against a team that cannot stop the run. Yeah. So I don't know. Christian Coving, they made Sebastian Joseph Day and Morgan Fox and Christian Covington and Van, you know, they made this front look really good. This yeah. is the I mean, this front lost the big UCLA kid. Uh, Obonia or whatever he he's he's a talent mm-hmm. but I mean one and then he went down of course they're already depleted I I was expecting the Ford Niner offensive line to dominate in this matchup they should have dominated they didn't dominate I think an under uh an unheralded player from last year that's gone was Tom Compton he was not a good pass protector worse than McGlinchey but he was a good run blocker and with him on the field the Niners could run right and left and now he's gone and they can't do that anymore, which is why I feel like they should give Colton McKivitz or Jalen Moore a shot. Neither one of those guys is an upgrade over McGlinchey in pass protection, but this is a team that wants to run the ball to the perimeter, and maybe those two guys could be better because, frankly, how could you be worse? I don't know that either is an upgrade, but I'm pretty convinced that neither is a downgrade. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? I, I, that's, I actually think McKivitz is pretty assignment sound. Uh, he's poised. The moment's not too big for him. His problem is his, his arms are a little short, and he's not the quickest, so speed rushers are going to give him the same problems they give McGlinchey. Um, Jalen Moore is intriguing because I think Jalen Moore's got upside to start and potentially could be better than McGlinchey, but then he's maybe not as trustworthy right now. So, I mean, I, I don't know what the, you know, Chris Forster's gets, gets paid good, good cash to make these calls. He says he doesn't have starters and backups. He's just got a bunch of guys basically. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'm interested to see what, what Nick Zakel looks like when Zakel gets out there, but he's more of an interior guy. I mean, they're kind of a tackle short in unless uh unless either McGlinchey can can start playing at a better level I mean I can deal with the the pass blocking but the run blocking has got to be a strength otherwise I think I'd rather go with Jalen Moore yeah absolutely uh they got I think they got to make this switch um they got to be real honest about what they're doing in the run game and I think it was the fact that they couldn't run the ball effectively with Christian McCaffrey against the worst run defense in the league why Christian didn't forget how to run the ball. What's the problem? It's your offensive line, specifically the right side, specifically your right tackle. So what are you going to do? If Tom Compton was an upgrade as a run blocker last year, maybe you got an upgrade on your team right now. 
Double B Studio says, what's up, Grant and Larry? For the first time in 10 years, I'm going to miss the Niners coming to Phoenix, the Aztec Stadium, too far from me. LOL. Stadio mm. Azteca, not making it? Mm, I'll be there. I, d- I do, do like the street tacos. How courageous are you? Will you go street tacos in Mexico City? Yeah, of course. What, am I going to go to Mexico City to get Domino's? Like, yeah, I'm going to get some street tacos. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I hope they're great. Back. Absolutely. Talk to Alfredo Gutierrez. He was telling me last week that he knows all the hot spots. Oh, okay. I'd like to know that. I'm probably I'm probably not going to venture too far from the hotel, though, because I'm not that brave. Uh, <laughs> er- Ern says, could we be- move Burford to right tackle? I don't know if you want to be moving rookies around. I mean, he's ha- he's got his hands full of right guard right now. I- I'd be more comfortable trying McKivitz or more. Me. Burford is a Burford is a was a phenomenal pick. He's a road grader. They're 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 really nice at guard. He would just get abused by speed rushers. I mean, he you think McGlinchey doesn't kick out fast enough? Um, in Burford, he it's one thing to do it for Texas San Antonio, and maybe next year in camp he he could be worked in at right tackle. But to throw him out there now is just begging for somebody to to you know just crush Jimmy Garoppolo. I got another question about the offense. So McGlinchey, I think, is really holding back the run game. The passing game, I mean, the pass protection's been okay this year. Jimmy's playing decent or decent plus this year. He's got a bunch of good receivers, including George Kittle, who's been on the team a long time. He has a rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo. He makes a lot of money. He'll have a stretch where he'll get a bunch of targets and essentially play well, and then he'll get a game where he gets like one catch for 20 yards. And it's not his fault. I'm not saying Jimmy, like, George is washed. Kyle, how does he just forget about his $16 million tight end once a month or twice? I don't explain that. Because I get starting to feel like if Kyle had Travis Kelsey, he would do this with Kelsey too. Oh, sorry, I forgot about you this week, bud. My bad. I don't, I don't get why Kittle doesn't get at least one ball every time they go to the red zone. Where is well, – you have George Kittle. <laughs> He, he, he's his toughness is unbelievable. He runs four five. His desire to win is off the charts. Let him touch. He the has good hands. He Let catches the, the ball. <laughs> it's been this way his whole career. Kyle's never given him the opportunities in the, in the end zone. The when he gets catches in the red zone, it's usually like in front of the end zone. He has to power his way in. Like man, he's six five and he catches the ball. Please, please. I don't get it. I'd like to see more from uh, more from Kittle and more balls to Kittle and Ayuk in the red zone. Why? Because those are the guys that have the best we'll ball open. skills, and they also they have the best ball skills. And Jennings, by the way, Jennings. I and and I've changed my tune on OBJ. If if it's if it's Jennings or OBJ, I'm staying with it. I'm staying with Jennings. Jennings has a future. Jennings has been here. Uh, I, like I like Jennings, Jennings too. Um, so let's talk about Kittle. Kittle gets totally phased out randomly of games. Debo never does. Debo, you can count on Debo getting his 10 touches. He'll get six targets, four carries every game, whether he's playing well or not. Why? I don't understand that. Well, it seems like Kittle's been... the answer is that Kittle is utilized in the run game to try to pop a hole here and there because you're maybe on the right side of your line. You, you know, you need a little help for, for your run blocking unit on the right side of the line. Maybe that's it other than that. But I mean, I, to me, that, that excuses, you know, why you don't use him more, but nothing excuses why you don't use him more in the red zone because he can, he can take a hit and hold on. Um, that that's what happens in the red zone. The windows are small, and 
you know, George is, a, I think, a very good route runner, well above average hands. But, yeah, his touchdown production is nowhere close to what it could be. If they're using him to, to supercharge the outside run game on the right side, it's not working. They're not paying him $16 million a year to be a run blocker. I know it's a nice feature of his game, but Kyle can't forget about throwing him the ball, considering Debo's inconsistent. As, as well as Ayuk played in this particular game, he fumbled and dropped a touchdown pass. Kittle was playing great. I, he caught a ball down the f- I don't know. It just seems like it's on Kyle. Like, you brought in all these weapons, dude. It's on you to use each one enough and not too little. And with Kittle last, I mean, 22 points. If they scored 30, I'd say forget it. But this is an offense that Kyle even admits we're leaving a lot of points on the board. Well, well, you're not using your playmakers to their fullest capacity. There's Mr. no question they should be scoring more points than 22 a game. Yeah. 22 a game at home against the Chargers with a wep- you know, weapons that are equal to what the NFC is going to feature in the Pro Bowl. Well, actually, they're never going to play the Pro Bowl again, but you know what I'm saying. And a genius coach and a quarterback who's playing well. So what's the deal? And he's like, oh, well, you know, for a red zone, this play, that play. All right, man. Okay, well, you know what? Here's my suggestion. I'm stealing it from Larry. Throw the damn ball to George Kittle in the end zone. I'm taking the idea. Just like you took Mike McDaniel's ideas the last 20. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got a question for you. This is about defense. Dre Greenlaw, very violent player. Not in a bad way. He's not a dirty player. He runs fast. He hits hard. Extreme violence is what Robert Sala preaches or used to. And then I was D'Amico Ryans. He hit. Justin Herbert in the head pretty hard. Again, it didn't look on purpose at all. But it happened. Penalty, Kyle Shanahan said he expected it. The ejection, he said he didn't expect. There could be a fine. There could be a suspension. What do you think of the way Greenlaw's been dealt with? It uh, it did seem um, egregious to eject him on that play. The it felt like targeting. It felt like a college a college ruling. Which I hate the targeting rule, by the way. But but it felt but, like that. Yeah. It, I mean, does this guy have like a rep? I mean, I they may get so some, some huge rep. He, he, like he's he had a couple. He had a couple late arguing with officials. He had a couple late hits in Chicago, one or two. But it, it, it wasn't uh, anything he got fined over. I, has he ever been fined? Well, I mean, I, I'll say this. I mean, if I'm try, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'll say, what's the fine? I'll pay it. And if I don't pay it, Lynch will pay it. And if Lynch doesn't pay it, Jed will pay it. Somebody's paying it. You're not paying it. Because that that guy's – I mean, he's my favorite Niner. Him and Aziz. I mean, those guys fly around and they detonate. And they just – and I didn't even sweat it when I saw Greenlaw went out because I'm like, well, they got out Shair. I mean, they got another guy who's literally the same guy uh, right now who's going to, you know, be – you know going to be a great replacement i didn't get it what i saw in that play was ward hit um hit uh, herbert herbert's trajectory changed yeah these guys kind of lunch forward yeah these yeah. guys are not um, a u.s olympic gymnasts all right? right stop treating these defensive players like they're gods as far as what they can hit and the strike zone and what's a penalty and what's not greenlaw was doing nothing but playing fast in the neighborhood when 
Herbert got hit into his path and then it went helmet to helmet. If if Ward doesn't hit him and he had no chance to react to the Ward hit, which changed Herbert's whole angle. Once Ward hit Herbert, the angle changed. It was instantaneous. And then you're just helmet on a helmet. I mean, that was now I understood the penalty because quarterbacks are the money ticket, the meal ticket. It's never going to change. It's only going to get more like this because they mean a ton because nobody wanted to watch Rams Cardinals this week with their backup quarterbacks because the quarterback means everything. So I get protecting the quarterback. I get, you know, why it's a penalty. I didn't uh, get the suspension. And I think we're trying, we're trying to pretend like these defensive players in some of these guys, I mean, this is a linebacker, 250 pounds, but some of these guys are 290 that are getting these penalties. They're not gymnasts. They cannot react in that small of a space in that quick of a time with that kind of athleticism. They're great athletes, but they're not that great. And so you got to dial back some of these some of these uh, penalties. Some of these. So what you're asking for the defense to do: strike above the knee, below the neck. You know, don't include, include go with the helmet in any way. You know, the game's incredibly fast. I mean, I just. To me, I, I have a lot of sympathy for what the hell are these guys supposed to do? Yeah, but when he when it happened, I said in my seat, they're gonna eject him. And Did not because I felt ejection? Oh I, I didn't think he deserved it. Who's the last player that we've seen ejected? Quan Alexander when he hit uh Jameis Winston tw- tw- uh, week one, twenty nineteen. Week one, twenty nineteen. He hit Jameis so Winston. Three years ago is the last person. It happens. He hit him in the I'm just telling yeah. you. As soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, they're going to eject him. Not that he should get ejected, but this is the NFL, and they care. They don't care about players. They don't care about player safety. They care about their image, and they, they have an image problem. Yeah, they have, they have an image problem since Tua happened. They have to act like they care about protecting players from concussions. So you hit – dude, you're, 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 you're going to get ejected. I'm sorry. And it's because of what happened in Miami earlier this year. But the the league needs to look like they're tough on this. They're and not so protecting Greenla- players, Grant. They're protecting, protecting themselves. They're protecting, they're protecting themselves. Yes. They're protecting their... They don't care about players. They care about valuable players. Because no, they, they care about they the perception that they care can, about players. You can hit Austin Eckler that way. You just can't hit Herbert that way. Right, because Herbert is famous. He's a top five quarterback in the league. If right. if he gets knocked out and nothing, if he got a concussion and Greenlaw didn't get uh, ejected, people be talking about it on Good Morning Football and uh, well, Scott Van Pelt live. Yeah, what if uh, what if he went to the blue tent and didn't come back? Second half was Chase Daniel. How, I'm telling you, I'd love to know how we were watching. We were there. The Bay Area was watching the L.A. market, or if you're a Charger fan, you might have been watching. But the rest of the nation, if you go chase Daniel, there's a bunch of people turning it off right there. Ratings go down. And so I, I felt like Herbert was not the same in the second half. I felt like I was surprised that he came back and he got hit really, really hard. Yeah. Not that Greenlaw was doing it on purpose. It was just one of those things in football, but... Yeah, I thought, okay, he's going to get ejected. I wouldn't be – I don't think they're going to – Could have been the key to the game, by the way, because then he went out. He had to go to the blue tent, and by the time he got back on the field, they had already settled Half-time. for the field goal. They were right there in position to score. There. Yeah, yeah, that was it a big was, play. That was it was huge. a big play. So actually, he yeah. wanted to come back, but they just I'm with you. a little off. The Niners should be like, hey, Dre, that was a really good play, and we know you didn't mean to hurt him, so um, – we're going to pay that fine for you, buddy. Yeah, we're going to pay that fine for you, buddy. 
Yeah. <laughs> kept four points off the board. And I'll tell you this, I kind of thought Staley kind of blew it. If I was Staley, I would have called the timeout. Get him back yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. One Good down. Yeah. One call. down where he, I was watching on the binoculars. He was out of the blue tent and he had his helmet back in his hand. Yeah. And there was one play left and he elected to go with Chase Daniel. It's amazing how many bad coaches there are in the league. And then what's crazy is Jeff Saturday gets a job and everyone's like, this is disgraceful. There are so many more qualified people who deserve this job. And he wins. He freaking wins. Because you know what? There are a lot of unqualified, uh, glorified coordinators with no leadership skills making $10 million a year to be head coaches like Josh McDaniels and, and freaking Nathan Hackett and this guy, Brandon Staley, that... Some dude who has no experience like Jeff Saturday can get a team to put up 25 points and win. Crazy. Crazy to me. Brandon Staley, you're fired. Dre Greenlaw, <laughs> uh, good luck. Double B Studio says the real question is how they're going to keep Debo from eating 20 tacos, two tortas, and a burrito in Mexico. I couldn't resist. How are they going to keep me from doing that? They're only going to be in Mexico for like a minute and a half. Maybe that's part of the reason. Really? Is that they're flying late? Like Sunday. They're coming in Sunday and playing. Uh, they're spending a lot of time in. Co- Why Colorado Springs? You're, you're, you're three or three hour Altitude. drive from Lake Tahoe. What about Lake Tahoe? Lake Tahoe is right there. Right there. You got to go to Colorado Springs. Uh, Man. The, you know what's in, you know what the Lake Tahoe doesn't have that uh, Colorado Springs has? The Broadmoor. What? Isn't that where they're staying? I think they're staying at the Broadmoor. The Broadmoor is like this awesome pimp daddy, five star, world class, you know. Resort. What about Lake Tahoe High School? That, they got a field. <laughs> Yeah, hey, the, hey, the Niners are laying out on Kings Beach, getting an ice cream cone. Yeah, Jonathan so Carrillo. Why not? It'd be more convenient for me. Jonathan says, "Love what you're doing, Grant. I look forward to your shows. Thank you, Jonathan. Since you've been in the locker room, from what you've seen, is Trey Lance a leader? Yeah, he was for the minute and a half that he was the leader of the team. I haven't seen him since he got hurt. Uh, I think someone else said they saw him on the sideline. Saw he's got the boot off. I, I thought yeah. he. I said, you know, first of all, what is a leader? All I'll say is that because um, I've been in there as well. He he had a great rapport going with his teammates, but that doesn't mean that they feel like he's competent. That just means they feel like they like him. You know, so it's it's there's a big difference between. You know, I think he's got respect in the room. I think he's one of the guys. Um, you know, but I but as, he has as to prove it on the that, field. Yeah, what, is, what does that actually mean as far as his performance? I think very little. Josh Wyatt says, I bet if you have if you gave Jennings one red zone shot a game, he would score 10 touchdowns a season like Bourne used to. Does Kyle just hate iso ball now? Yeah, he used to, Bourne used to be his secret weapon. When you were really trying hard to stop Kittle and Debo, boom, touchdown Bourne. But maybe, that, again, maybe maybe that was Mike McDaniel. Maybe that was his tendency. Possible. I love Jennings' hands. By the way, I love if I could give if I could give one athlete another athlete skills, I would give James Wiseman Jawan Jennings' hands. <laughs> James Wiseman reference. Double B Studio says the announcers and Mike Pereira on TV agreed ejection was too far, and and why aficionados made a mistake. Flag okay, but ejection. Look, I'm not saying he deserved to get ejection. All I said was I called it. I called it. I know the league is reactive. They look bad. They want to make themselves look better. Dre Greenlaw, your collateral damage. Sorry, buddy. That's just how the league works, and it sucks. Especially national TV. Especially oh, we're a that's a good point. Culture. We're a highlight culture. That's a good and point. The highlight was of the guy's head getting rocked. 
if it was just a regular one o'clock game, he probably wouldn't have been ejected. But it was a national televised game. It's right. it's a golden boy playing quarterback. He's screwed. Sorry, Dre, you were screwed. Matthew says, want to say Cowherd got it right today on Kyle Shanahan. Basically, just shut up, line up, and play, and that you don't need to outsmart everyone all the time. I have a feeling that Colin Cowherd is talking to someone in Jimmy's camp because he is parroting all the Jimmy talking points to a T every week. And I don't know. Maybe Don Yee calls him up and says, this is what you should say this week, or I don't know who, but... Man, he is so Team Jimmy, and he's not really in Kyle's corner anymore. It's amazing that Cowherd has such an obvious uh, bias and an obvious conflict of interest, and yet he parks his car in the Niners thing, and it just crushes him. Every time he goes there, it's like everybody just immediately throws out that his daughter dated you know, Trey and that he's not, bi- he's not an unbiased observer here and that he's got an agenda, and it's like it doesn't bother him, man. He just keep keep going at it. Antonio says, if you go out and get street tacos, go one that has carnitas. There are restaurants that have good tacos. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to get it in the streets. Okay. I love carnitas. My, my whole thing in, in the Bay Area is I, I go to the trucks. If it's in a restaurant, I'm kind of, I'm like, mm, this is probably for gringos. Oh, it's in a truck. I'm there. I'm there. And, and that usually, that's a, that's a good way to live in the Bay Area. Okay, if you see a taco okay, truck, it's the bomb. Uh, yeah, no question. But I will say this: a really good place is in Montclair. There's a, there's oh, yeah. a little taqueria right there in Montclair. <laughs> oh yeah, shout out them. I've been going there since I was like 12 years old. The the Super Wet Burrito. It's very yeah, good. Yeah, I mean it's, it's excellent. Really good. Yeah, it's, it's it's legendary. Double B Studios says the positive green's going to be fresher versus Cardinals. Greens going to be fresher. What is he talking about? Um, don't know. Don't know. Green, green, like. Like mustard greens? Are we talking Roy Green? Roy Green? Roy. Roy. <laughs> He's played for the Cardinals. Triple tacos, Grant. Tri- oh, tripe or tongue or head, all good. Yeah, I'm usually not that you adventurous. Don't, you don't marinated tongue? I have. It's good. And I know all like the OGs go. Like the only people that get carne asada are the Gringos. That's what I've kind of known. I feel like everyone else has taste for something a little bit more exotic. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the gringo. I'll have the carne asada. Like, <laughs> carne asada, please. Yet nobody ejected when Lance had his ankle broke. He didn't get hit in the head. I mean, he, a helmet-to-helmet hit is something that will get you ejected in college, even if it's inadvertent. And that's what it kind of felt like. It felt like one of these inadvertent targeting, which is like, it's not really a rule in the NFL. It's It was college. a bad highlight. And the flag was super late anyway, by the way. It was no nobody ever mentions that, by the way. That's like just an accepted part of football now that. Oh, yeah. The ridiculously late flag is not. Nobody even questions it. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, here comes the flag. Mario says Kyle proved again how bad he is at the five yard line after stopping the Chargers. We don't even score with all that momentum. Really, Kyle? That was at the end of the game. They kicked the field goal to go up six. I didn't have a problem with that because it was clear that the the Chargers were not going to move the ball in the second half. What I thought was crazy or surprising was that first drive when they go all the way down the field, get to the two-yard line, and kick a field goal. I didn't like that. Go for it. Because the worst thing that happens is you give the Chargers the ball at the two-yard line. I like that situation, too. You can score in that situation, too. Like, What are you afraid of? Yeah, I there there I I agree. I agree. You have the number one defense in the league, and you have all this firepower on offense. You got four chances to get the ball in. Come on, man. I'll, t- I'll tell you on. this. I mean, well, there, we're an awful lot of talk about Kyle and this and that. Uh, my my bigger issue is with D'Amico. I think D'Amico and the defense come out super vanilla. Allow a quarterback to establish a rhythm. Why? Yeah. 
and then start busting out all the all the uh, you know exotics on third down. Yeah. I mean, come on, shut shut off his water before the game starts, and then you don't have to worry about getting him out of rhythm. Yeah, like the the plan is we're going to make DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett look really good for a half, and then shut them down. Like, no, just shut them down. <laughs> They're he not good. Blitzing them on second down. He started, you know, started going after Herbert and giving them a, a different bunch of different looks, and you know, but why not do that in the first quarter? Did the uh, same I, Stafford uh, Grant go back to that game? Look at the same. Game, defensive game plan in the first half. He was Terrible pitch and catch, a lot of soft yeah. zone. Second half, hey, tighten up, man to man, coordinated rush, coordinated everything. How about do it the whole game? Yeah, let's go four quarters next time, huh? And the Niners are kind of lucky that that eighty-eight, whatever that dude's name was, the alligator arm, that walk-in touchdown, that freaking—you remember that in the first half? Justin Herbert laid it out for him, eighty-eight. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a nice throw. Justin Herbert, I think, is really good. It's the only time I've seen him in person in a game. He had no receivers, and he battled till the end. I was impressed. Tough guy, yeah. No, he. I mean, the guy throws an incredible ball. I mean, incredible. I mean, I'm, that, the, he was the only reason that game was ever in question, just because he was on the the strength of his arm and his his ability to wing it. Because they didn't have much last night besides him. Antonio, thank you for the for the uh, guidance. Says USA trucks equals Mexican restaurant tacos. Yeah, it's better in the street. Restaurant ain't bad at all. Uh, Fogoncito, Tecarte. I can't even do it. Oh, but I'll I'll go back and look. I swear I can't. I took French in school. I'm sorry. Which was a not helpful. Okay, last question. Topic. Why do, why do so many people take French? I, I also took French. What the hell are we thinking? At my middle school, there was the best teacher at the school was the French teacher. Everyone knew it. He was like 28. He was cool. Everyone wanted to be in his class. So a lot of people took French at that one school because him. Shout out, Mr. Hart. All right. All right. Who has been the best new addition to the starting lineup since last season? I guess you could put Christian McCaffrey in that mix. But there's been a lot of new additions. Uh, uh, I know what I'm going with. There's been a lot. Go ahead. Traverius Ward, Talanoho Funga. There's so many guys. Nope. I'm going I'm going big Aaron Banks. Aaron Banks. That's another good one. That's Aaron another good one. Banks has been really good. And li- I gi- I'll give it up to Lynch because, you know, and I, I know you noticed it as well. Everybody was bagging on Banks. Banks is inactive. He, he's not. He's only been active two times. And then finally Lynch, like, had had enough and is like, hey, hey. For all you guys, you know, pouring sand on uh, Aaron Banks, you know, this just in. We still think Aaron Banks is going to be a hell of a player, and this guy's going to be in the league for a long time. And that made a lot of people who were kind of crapping on Banks go, wait a second, Lynch is doubling down on Banks. Sure enough, Lynch is right. Banks has been a revelation. Speed, power, strength, smarts. That's He's a nice player at left guard. And he's like everything that Mike McGlinchey isn't. And the reason I compare them is that they both went to Notre Dame. They have similar pedigree. And what the difference is, McGlinchey was the first round pick, the, the top 10 pick. Banks was the second round pick. There's a difference. And so with McGlinchey, the Niners drafted him to, to start right away to replace Trent Brown. They anointed him. He never earned the job. And it, what they say about him is, what Joe Staley said about him is he's a little insecure about his weaknesses that he won't necessarily attack them and be honest with himself about the weaknesses and, and improve them. He's more trying to pretend he's already good. And what they said, what Kyle said about Banks today is that he doesn't run from his weaknesses. He said all the stuff that the Niners wish they could say about Mike McGlinchey. So the fact that they put him on the bench for a year, they made him uh, prove it. They made him 
rework his body, rebuild his entire body. And he basically gave him a challenge he had to rise to. Apparently, he worked harder than any player on the team or as hard as any player on the team this offseason. It worked. It paid off. I don't know if McGlinchey's ever been put in a position like that where he had to prove himself. So kudos to the Niners to developing Banks the right way. I don't know if he could have done this last year. Yeah. I mean, Banks has got more natural gifts. He's got a better body to play guard than McGlinchey has a body to play tackle. And now McGlinchey's beat up. McGlinchey, I think, was operating at a pretty high level for a first year player, uh, much higher than most tackles. So I don't have a problem with the fact that he was a good run. He was a good run blocker for a couple of years. He has regressed because his body is beaten up. I mean, he, he, you know, he struggles to get to the line of scrimmage. He's probably nursing about five different injuries. That's not an excuse but it's a reason and, he, and he's never been a real he doesn't bury you in the run game he's more like he takes the right angle doesn't make mistakes but Gets he's downfield yeah, yeah but he also kind of you know susceptible to the speed rush now his game's falling Power. apart they didn't pick up the fifth year option right I, I imagine he's he goes in free agency at the end of the year and he's not having a particularly great contract year all right i'm gonna i'm gonna list someone else as a, a, a best new addition Traverius Ward has been excellent, but I feel like the real biggest addition, at least on defense, has been Talanoa Hafunga. We talked about him earlier. He's not a perfect player. He gave up a touchdown, and that was a, it was not a good play. And it seems like as the season goes on, teams are going to try to isolate him in coverage more and more. Still, still, he's a playmaker. And it's kind of like Richard Sherman. You could go after Richard Sherman, and you could get some. He's not the fastest guy. He might give up some catches, but... You target him five times in a game, you might get picked off once. Like, do it at your own peril. And I think what's interesting is he replaces Tart. And Tart was a solid safety who did. He could play both positions. He could be in the box. He could be in the post. The, the defense is better with Talanoa Hafunga. He's a playmaker. And he also, in addition to his play, he takes accountability, which I don't think this team really does. Ever since they lost the Super Bowl, but partied with Lil Wayne afterward and said they should have won because they got Bosa got held, I feel like the whole attitude has been off. He comes to the post-game press conference last night, the hero, because he, he made the interception that Tart couldn't make in the NFC Championship game, just to close it. And he says, first of all, that was my fault, that touchdown at the beginning of the game. That was on me. I want to take credit. For no one was even asking him about it. We were going to be up there and be like, can you take us through that interception? Wasn't that great? Take us through that a million times. He was like, nah, let's talk about that touchdown I gave up. That was my fault. Gotta love that. You don't hear that very much from the 49ers. Oh, he's the best, man. He, yeah. He's the best. I mean, yeah. seriously. Uh, now, what You I never love, hear that from Mike McGlinchey. I'm sorry well, to keep coming back to Mike McGlinchey, but I mean, he's never he, done anything wrong in his this, eyes. Yeah, I mean, Afonga's, you know, I mean, I'm not saying McGlinchey's not accountable, but I'll just say Afonga's extraordinary. Um, but I, I'll also say this, you know, when we were talking before we went live here, and I, you know, Hafanga is not the player that people said he was on draft day, a special teamer strictly who, you know, isn't fast enough at all to play coverage in the NFL. Maybe a linebacker, maybe a linebacker. Yeah, he's not that guy. Mm-mm. But then he's also not this like, oh, my God, he's an all pro strong safety and there's nobody in the league that matches. He's up Troy to- Polamalu. Yeah, he's Troy no. Polamalu and he's headed no. to Canton. He still has issues. His issues are in coverage in the deep quarter of the field. And 
that's that remains an issue. And that first play, he was the it was a zone, but he was the closest defender. That was pitch and catch. That was almost like a busted play, you know. So he has to improve his pass coverage down the field. Now he's more competitive. He's going to improve. He's going to work on his deal, uh, but he does lack some long speed, and he, that's going to be his career uh, issue going forward. He's uh, up on the line of scrimmage against the run, cover three. You know, great instincts. He sees it. There's no hesitation. He just goes. But down the field in coverage. In space against an athlete, he's still very vulnerable. So, you know, just something that he's you got to know yourself and he knows himself and I'm sure he'll work on it. But that's the weakness in this game. Clearly. But it it seemed like on that touchdown that it wasn't necessarily that he just got smoked uh, athletically, that he also has a tendency to have his eyes in the backfield, even if he shouldn't. And he knows he's not a premium athlete and he's trying to break early and be instinctual. And, you know, a guy like that can be right nine times out of ten. But the one time you have a feeling and you break early and you're wrong, it's a big play if the quarterback recognizes it. And I think that's maybe the life you're going to have to live with Talanoa Hafunga. But you know what? It's better than having two safeties who hang back and never make plays on the ball. And the best thing they do is tackle. Like, I'll take Talanoa. I like a safety like that. And if he can get a little, a little bit better, a little bit more consistent, he could be a pro bowler and all pro. Well, I mean, there are some guys who are awesome going forward and can't go backward. There's other guys that can go backward and are not much going forward. He is, and and the and there are guys who are great at both. He's a guy who, if you think about it, every great highlight of his career, outside of the one play that he made at the end of the Green Bay game in the playoffs, almost mm. every other highlight is him coming forward. You hardly have yeah. any highlights of him going backward. Yeah. Um, so that tells you what kind of player. Well, he is. the highlights of him going backward are him chasing the, <laughs> the guy for the touchdown. Christian Kirk uh, caught the ball over his head last year. Colt McCoy just evis- eviscerated Talanoa last year. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. So, hey, Talanoa, revenge game, baby. That's on By you. Way, Colt McCoy last year in that game completed 84%. It was 80. unreal. Are the Cardinals? Are the Cardinals better with him than with Kyler? Because the Niners have actually done a good job against Kyler like the last uh, three times they faced him. You they got You didn't see the Cardinals on HBO Max, did you? Oh, uh, no. Go no. check it out. The Cardinals Hard Knocks. The Hard Knocks, they're already fighting. DeAndre Hopkins and and uh I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. I did see that. They were giving each other funny looks. I mean, that's a that's a S show, man. That's an S show. That's a team that's coming apart at the seams. I'd love to see them go on and run with Colt McCoy and try to figure out what to do after giving Kyler Murray like a billion dollars. What do we do? Uh, I, I don't know. I guess we just stick with Colt McCoy. The thing about Colt McCoy is it seems like he operates the offense the way Cliff would like it to be operated. Cliff, I, I, I don't know what Kyler does. I mean, he has a very bad winning percentage after Call of Duty comes out. They tried to put a homework clause in his. It doesn't look like he really knows what he's doing and he's just out there winging it, which is fun. But I don't know if that's going to get it done. Maybe they're better off with Colt. 
I don't know. Well, and Colt, in a lot of ways, is made. I mean, you remember Colt at Texas completed like 77% of his passes. Nothing's more than 15 yeah. yards down the field. Yeah. That's Kingsbury's offense. Get rid of it quick, underneath, with accuracy. In a lot of ways, I think you make a really compelling point. I think I think you could make an argument that, that Colt McCoy might have greater success than Kyler running that Kingsbury offense. Right. But there's just a lot of bad vibes with the Cardinals. Lots of unprofessionalism. Lots of... Lots of glimpses into dysfunction there from the owner to the coach, to the GM, to the, to the quarterback, to some of the veterans on the team, to their practice habits, to the way they reacted when it rained in Arizona. I mean, watch that for watch two episodes of that hard knocks with the Cardinals and tell me that they're not an S show. I have a hot take. I think Kyler's in the wrong system for him. I think he'd be better off playing for Kyle getting under center and being able to get out on the perimeter off play action. I mean, just staying stationary in the shotgun. He's five nine. He can't even see down. He can't even see from the pocket. Why do you want him in the pocket? The only time he can get out of the pocket is when he leaves on his own. Uh, Kyle does a good job of moving. Well, when he doesn't have Jimmy Garoppolo, does a good job of moving launch points and other traditional. I think he's in the wrong scheme. That's my thing. Bring Kyler to, to uh, Santa Clara is what you're saying. Absolutely, he can back up Trey Lance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Prioritize shutting down Eckler. Can't fault it. Yeah, but you can't also let guys like DeAndre Hopkins, or I mean Carter. You can't let DeAndre Carter look like DeAndre Hopkins. You can't let that happen. Sac and it was State, happening for a second. He's Sac State. He's a Dude, Sac the State Niners. Guy. The Niners brought DeAndre him into Carter. camp in 2017 yeah. and cut him, and then he ended up going up for like 80 yards against him. Good for DeAndre. He's pretty, a lot of guys. He's, have, he's a vet, man. He's been around, man. Yeah, DeAndre Carter got a little revenge on the Niners. Dante Pettis, Jarek McKinnon. Am I missing anyone? It's been that kind of a year. Yeah. Seriously. It's been that kind of year. All right. Well, uh, that's the show for today. Larry, what you got on the docket for the week? Uh, you know, the Niners are in uh, in uh, Colorado Springs, so won't be going to practice on Wednesday or Thursday. But we will be doing live live streams throughout the week, talking a little bit about uh, about the schedule ahead and the Cardinal game and the and the games that follow. So we'll do that. We'll do a little Warrior post game tonight after uh, Warriors Spurs, and it'll be kind of a combination, a little post game night. I did a, I went live last night in the car on the way home, and then a little bit on, at home. Um, but uh, we'll go live tonight after the after the uh, Spurs game talk a little Warriors talk a little talk a little uh, Niners maybe even look ahead to Aaron Judge signing with somebody other than the Giants um you know the last five six seven years I haven't talked much about the Warriors I used to cover all teams I find them I boring see you tweeting Warriors every now and then you're getting well, when I said it. I found them boring so somehow like winning is what fans want but from a journalist perspective I think uh Tension, dramatic tension is, is what I like. And there was none of it with the with the Warriors. So now there is, and they're very interesting. Like, is is their title window closing prematurely because Joe Lacob wants to have two timelines? This is very interesting. So all of a sudden I'm hooked. This <laughs> yes, is a great season. Is Absolutely. James Wiseman a total bust? He might be. <laughs> Are people afraid to say anyway? So it seems like this is you a very die. fun year. Oh, I, I would die if how much? How could we get some sponsor to have you uh, on? You know, asking Kerr questions in the post game. The thing is, uh, I feel for Kerr. Steve, um, yeah, where, where was Kaminga? What What has Kaminga not done to not get any minutes? You know, I mean, true. it would just be awesome. I I do feel like Kerr. This is a Lakeup thing, and Kerr probably would agree with us privately. Like, yeah, man, he's making me play. These kids are terrible. Like, sorry, bud. He writes the checks. Yeah. Oh, well. See, Turley. Hey, stop giving me money, and this, the show is over right now. What was the, 
What was what is that thirty three yard pass from Jimmy G to Ray Ray? The nicest pass you've ever seen from him. I think it was. Jimmy looked good last night. Jimmy Jimmy ought to take last night's film and cut it up for the highlight reel. It might have been the nicest throw he's ever made. When is the cone phone this week? Maybe I can join. Um, good question. I don't know. Let me figure that out. I'm going to be on the road in Colorado Springs. I'm, on Saturday, I'm flying to Mexico. And I don't think I get into like 2.30 in the afternoon. But I don't. But that might, what is that, like three hours ahead? I have no idea. So let me figure it out. But I'll do one. I'll let you know. You got to go live from Mexico City. Oh, absolutely. I will. I will, of course. Um, the street tacos. <laughs> With the lengua and the carnita. What did I say, Double B? Boo, money, LOL. Thank you for the $2. I appreciate it. Show's <laughs> over. Go enjoy your night. See ya.